0: Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Bo Show. Uh, Really appreciate everybody who tuned in last week, listened to the podcast. Uh, Man, I was super surprised at the people who reached out and said that they appreciated it. And I realize it's not like uh, the Joe Rogan experience or anything, but uh, I was super grateful for the people who were encouraging to me about continuing on and the people who that it meant something to to have just something that they can keep keep up with during the week you know you might not have your own small group so uh daniel scott reached out to me an old long time old friend from high school and he was like man you might you might be creating a virtual home group and and i was just hadn't hadn't thought of that before that's not really what I intended, but who knows, you know, God's got a lot bigger plans than what I've got and He's a lot bigger God than um, sometimes I give Him credit for. So I'm really grateful and I'm glad for the people who who did tune in. So thank you. If you're tuning in again, I appreciate you. Hopefully uh, it'll be beneficial. So last week we went over, uh, we're studying the Charles Stanley book, Practicing Basic Spiritual Disciplines. And last week, just Just to recap real quick, the strength of the beginner begins and ends with the Bible. Okay, so that's the recap from lesson one. If you didn't get the chance to listen to lesson one, um, you can listen to this podcast first and then go back and listen to lesson one. It's fine. Either way, you want to do it. Or you could pause, go back and listen to the first episode, and then um, come back and listen to this one. Either one should be fine. So. Uh, Before I get started today, just getting into lesson two, the next spiritual discipline that we're going to discuss, I wanted to give you guys a quick story about a little bit about me and some things and some of the journeys that I've been on. So last year I, I was trying to get strong and I in the weight room, in the gym And I did get fairly strong for me And I kept getting bigger I was getting bigger and bigger And fatter and fatter too Not not really caring about my weight too much Only caring about my strength um, New year's rolls around I mean getting to where it's Christmas Of course you can imagine how that went with eating And then new year's rolls around And a lot of people don't like new year's resolutions uh, They think they're, they don't do them Because they're afraid to fail That's really the biggest thing People don't want to commit to something and then they know they're not going to do it. So then they say, I don't like New Year's resolutions. Well, I do understand uh, why wait until January 1st to change. You should change when you feel uh, obligated to change. So, But at the same time, I do feel like there's always a great time to sit back. Any time is a great time to sit back and reflect on your life and a new year is always a good time to sit back and go do I like who I was last year um am I living the life that Christ wants me did I lead the the life that Christ wanted me to lead last year was I being a servant was I loving God was I loving my neighbor um and then along those other lines it's fine to set some healthy goals so I'm always up for a, a decent challenge with my buddies usually um Travis White and Travis Avery, Ben Murphy, Scott Hodges, Perry Daly. We can usually talk each other into to doing something fairly, what seems like a good idea at the time, but usually super difficult. So, um. Anyways, this year I started what's called 75 hard, and you can look this up if you want to. Um, it's a program created by Andy Frischilla. He wrote a book about it, and basically the bottom line is, and and if you look up anything by Andy Freshilla, caution ahead of time. There's always going to be bad language, so I want to let you know that. Um, But, so he created this program. In the program, you have to do two 45-minute workouts a day. One of them has to be outside. You have to drink a gallon of water every day and this is for 75 days straight. There's no no cheat meals, no off days. Whatever diet you select, you don't get any cheat meals. Um no alcohol for 75 days. You have to read 10 pages in a non-fiction book and you have to take a progress picture every day. I think that's it. That's off the top of my head. I'm not reading that, but it's it's pretty close to that. So um so for me, I did used to drink a monster every day, a monster energy drink every day. Sometimes 3. I mean, it, which now that I say that out loud seems a uh, ridiculous, but um so now I'm on day 30 of hard 75. I've not had a, any soda, any monsters and my my challenge for myself was I'm not going to eat any gas station food. I'm not going to eat any fast food. I won't drink any sodas, pops, or anything. So I haven't had anything but water, milk, and pre-workout since January 1. So <clears throat> the idea here is it's not about a workout program. You pick your own workout program, you pick your own diet. The The point of the whole program is it's about discipline. Here's the rules of the program, and then you have to be disciplined enough to follow them. And so what I've learned... Okay, so also, just to backtrack real quick, the book I decided to read for the 10 non-fiction pages was uh, David Goggins' You Can't Hurt Me. Now it's a super, I mean, David Goggins is like considered to be one of the toughest men on the planet. He runs ultra marathons, he was a Navy SEAL, I mean, this guy's incredibly mentally and physically strong and tough. Um, so I figured it was a good time to read that book Also, uh, listener beware If you do pick that book up It also has a decent amount of language in there So I uh, want to caution you ahead of time It is a very motivating book though To challenge you to do things that are harder than you would normally do But the fact of the matter is All these programs together are really talking about discipline It's di- You can only be so motivated to eat right And so motivated to work hard and to go to the gym So what I've learned is discipline is greater than motivation I don't really care how motivated I am to do these things I have to be disciplined to do these things So um, my New Year's resolution I'm a, I was two for the last two So two years ago I read the Bible in a year That was my resolution and I completed that Last year, 2022 It's kind of an odd one But I didn't want to buy anything That I might already have at home So I, I mean I know I'm, I'm weird but I, I bought no shoes, no clothes, no sunglasses, no jackets, no gloves, no nothing that I might already have in a closet at home somewhere. So, uh, I'm, so I'm so strict about about that. I had my family, uh, Sarah and my kids, buy me two pairs of jeans for my birthday because I felt like I could, I really needed the jeans because all my other jeans had holes in them. But I didn't want to break my resolution. So and another time, uh, Perry Daly and I were walking in the mall, and I found a ten dollar hat that I really wanted, and it was like a thirty dollar hat, and it was on clearance for ten bucks. And like I was gonna just do it, and then and this was in like October, and I just couldn't do it. I mean, so that's the way I am. That's the way my brain works. Is like I was gonna check out and get this hat, and no, I was like I can't, I can't break my resolution. So. So for this year, my resolution was to complete 75 hard. And I thought if I just do it January 1 and get it over with, then I'll complete my New Year's resolution for the entire year. So so anyways, now taking that story and, t- and using that along the lines of what we're going to learn with lesson number two today, which is spiritual discipline number two is obedience to God's commandments. And I'm not necessarily trying to say like, doing 75 hard obeying rules is the same as obeying god it's an, it's not the same but but at the but at the, along similar lines is there's things you're told to do and you're going to choose to do them or not do them every day in in both situations so we're starting off in the book if you're there um you can just follow along and if you're not if you're just following along here that's fine and you can get your notebook out if you want to pause the podcast when you need to and so, uh, first of all, in this lesson, we're going to learn what the most important spiritual discipline is. So, starts off in the book, just uh, just kind of explaining that obedience to God is not really popular in today's world. Uh, it's it's a whole lot easier. You're going to be a lot more accepted in the world if you're tolerant, if you're if you compromise, if you're lenient to other people. Yeah, um, but. It definitely keeps everybody a little bit happier and satisfied, but there can be no spiritual growth, no genuine spiritual power, or effective ministry to the lost without obedience. A rebellious heart is contrary to spiritual thre- to, to, to spiritual strength. Uh, sorry, I stuttered a little bit there, but a rebellious a rebellious heart is contrary to spiritual strength. So. In there, it just talks about the Bible defines rebellion in a much different way. It refers to any person as rebellious who enacts his own set of standards or does his own thing contrary to the commandments of God. Those who willfully choose their way over God's way are rebels. And I used to like the term rebel. I always considered myself to be slightly rebellious. I mean, but now I want to, be re- I want to rebel against the world. I don't want to rebel against Christ, so I really don't do not care what the world thinks of me. Matter of fact, I'd like for them to think I'm strange and weird and different, partially because I am. But the other part of me is I don't really want to be like them anyway. So it's fine for me to be rebellious to what the world thinks. Um, but I don't want to seem. I do not want to be rebellious to, in the way that God thinks. So a cou- couple other questions here. So. <clears throat> um... Well, we'll start with First Samuel fifteen twenty three, and so uh, if you you can pause it or write it down. First Samuel fifteen twenty three, and it says, "For rebellion is a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is an iniquity and idolatry. Rebellion is the sin of witchcraft." Now, why do you think it says that? Why is rebellion the same as witchcraft? And like I said, you can write the, you write a response down if you want to, but um while you're thinking about that um i i believe it's because two two things that i thought of and if you have different answers don't hesitate to reach out and comment or or um send a message that's fine but um two things but one is that it's just being led by a different spirit so if you're led by witchcraft you, you're not being led by Christ you're not being led by the spirit of Christ and the other thing is it's about power um you want to feel like you have power to do these certain things, to do these different things. You want to be in control and have power. And And in this scripture, 1 Samuel 15, <coughs> pardon me, it costs Saul, it costs Saul everything. Yeah, he was going to be king and then he's not. So there, there's dire consequences to rejecting or rebuilding against the word of God. Um, the second thing is, in what ways is stubbornness the same as idolatry what ways is stubbornness the same as idolatry and i think a, a lot of that is the same thing about power but a lot of that's just about selfishness you you think your way is better than god's way or you think whatever you're doing isn't quite isn't really that bad and you and you make yourself become the person that's in in charge you make yourself the idol the person that you're really worshiping instead of surrendering and giving and giving away sins and giving them up and giving them to God and surrendering to Christ. All right, let's go back to that 1 Samuel 15:22 verse. And it says, "But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams." So obeying is better than sacrificing, and this is the Old Testament, so if they messed up, you got to go give a sacrifice to the Lord and <clears throat> but they're saying, what if you just obeyed and so you know an easy an easy illustration an example of this is Samson and Delilah. I mean, and Samson did end up repenting he sacrificed his life to destroy the Philistines. but how much better would it have been if he just obeyed in the first place? I mean, he's basically a, a superhero. But he was selfish, and he and he and he rebelled, and he didn't obey what the Lord told him to do, and so he shared his secret, and he, and it ended up costing him his life, and so obedience is better than the sacrifice. Um, let's see here. So in the book, just just jumping back to the book, you know, it says at the very heart of our relationship with God lies obedience to God's commandments, and adherence to doing things God's way. And a submission to seeking God's plan for our lives, now I'm not talking about salvation, I'm talking about a relationship, but john fourteen fifteen says, "If you love me, you will obey my commands. So how do we show God that we love him well we 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 obey hebrews five eight through nine so the first verse there was John fourteen fifteen but hebrews five eight through nine uh, i'll uh give you a chance there to turn to it hebrews 5 8 through 9 and also you could just pause it of course but it says though he jesus was a son yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered and having been perfected he became the author of all of eternal salvation to all who obey him so the last part of that says having been perfected he became the author of eternal salvation. To all who obey him. I mean, makes it sound like salvation is not possible without obedience. Um, So, let's see here. What's the main goal we have to learn to have spiritual discipline? What is the main goal to learn to have spiritual discipline? It's knowing God more intimately. That's the whole purpose. That's the whole reason to. It's not so we can be good, it's not so people can look at us and think we're something special. That's not the point. It's to know God better. And there's no better way to know God better or to have a more intimate relationship within him, with Him than by being obedient. Um, so if one of the questions is, in what area, and I think this is a great question, in what area might the Lord be calling you to stricter obedience this week? And in our home group last night, some of the answers We're uh, putting on the armor of Christ, and I thought that was such a great answer by one of the people in our home group. And basically, what she was saying is she allows comments from people to affect her her attitude, affect her 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 daily walk, and 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 it and it offends her that people say things and it's offensive and um so we came up with the conclusion of well then you're not being obedient to putting on the armor of christ you got to suit up you got to suit up it's not it's not an easy world out there people are there's a lot of not smart people there's a lot of mean people and they'll say dumb things and they'll say things to offend you and we've got to be ready for it we've got to still love our neighbor we've got to be we got to put on the armor and get ready to go do battle um being a servant that was one of the answers in our home group last night being a servant I mean, we're called to be servants. Jesus was a servant. It's not it's not always easy in the in the um world that we live in. Loving your neighbor. If you deal with people, if you're a boss at work, if you're in charge of people, loving your neighbor can be a real challenge. So I appreciated that answer. So those were three of the ones that I wrote down from our home group. So in what area do you think God's calling you to be stricter in obedience this week? Write it down. Take notes. Challenge yourself. Um, challenge yourself. Be disciplined. I mean, that's what we're trying to do. Be a little bit better at discipline. Be a little bit better at obedience. For some of you, it could be alcohol, could be pornography, could be idolatry, could be adultery. There's a lot of things, there's a lot of things in areas, it could be lying, could be stealing, there's a lot of areas where, where you could look into your life and go, I've got to get stricter in my obedience to what God has called me to do and how God has called me to behave. Um, so the next part that we're going to go over is the hindrance of sin. The hindrance of sin. What's another word for willful disobedience? Well, another word for willful disobedience is sin. I mean, if you're going to willfully disobey what God tells you to do, that's sin. Hebrews 12.1 is the verse we're going to go over here real quick. So if you want to turn there, Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, we also, also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin in which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Hebrews twelve one. Let us run with endurance the the race that is set before us. What race are we running? What race is set before you? What might be hindering you in that race? Those are things we got to get rid of. I mean, I'm not a good runner at all. Not an actually good runner. Uh, My buddy Avery really good naturally gifted runner i'm slow and i look like you're taking a pit bull for a jog maybe an overweight pit bull for a jog it's not it's not pretty but i gotta go do it but it's a lot easier to run if i don't have a 50 pound vest on it would also be a lot easier for i'd be a lot better runner if i was 25 pounds less than what i weigh now so you got extra weight and it's and it I mean it's just a natural it just makes sense that you're not going to be running this race as fast and efficiently when you're holding when these things are holding you back. So how can sin be like a runner carrying lead weights on his back? And what is involved in laying aside those weights? Well, I I think of the analogy I heard a long time ago, and I think it was Lonnie Betts brought this up if I remember right, uh, it was either Lonnie or Andy when I was in high school and they were like, you know, if you had a jar full of marbles and all those marbles were your sins and you just started saying, okay, today I'm not going to lie. And you took that and you took that lie, and you took that marble out, set it aside. And today I'm not going to steal. And you took the stealing marble out and you set it aside. Eventually you do that enough and you got a jar full of half marbles. And then the, 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 point is is that but what if you started filling that jar up with jesus well then marbles start falling out the top right and because jesus is the one who's getting rid of those things not not me and that's through no power of my own it's through the power of christ and we don't have to worry about arrogance because it's nothing that i did it's because christ because we relied on the foundation of christ and we started being obedient trying to have a better relationship with him and now i just have a full jar of christ right instead of a half empty jar of of marbles and i think that that's a great analogy for how to how we can go about laying aside those weights let's surround ourselves with jesus let's surround ourselves with those people who love jesus too and then we'll start laying aside some of those things that we, we don't need to be doing anyways um so the last thing here is a passion to obey So. Once you're going to start figuring out that you're going to be obedient, and there needs to be some, some type of way to evaluate ourselves and and set a standard. So, um, evaluating yourself and, and setting a, a standard. So, I'm going to take a drink real quick. Pardon me. Uh, that's that gallon of water I got to drink for 75 hard. So, got to get it in but so the evaluating ourselves what kind of standards are we going to set well standard number one is obedience is our bottom line that's the bottom line for every decision we we make there can't be anything else can i do this and be obedient to god and his commands and his plan for my life so even if in those situations in which we feel inadequate and find ourselves struggling with fear suffering loss painful consequences or Our desire must be to obey God's will. So that's standard number one. Standard number two is obedience has to be instant. So when you feel the Holy Spirit telling you to do something or telling you not to do something, we got to obey right away. So that's the standard. Not three days later, five days later, not after I've done this 10, 15 more times. Immediate obedience. Three, a yearning for the heart and mind of God. A yearning, which when I heard, when I heard that word, I was like, "Man, I don't use that word hardly ever. That word seems so old." But we have to grow spiritually. We must continually ask, "What is it that God truly desires for my life? How does God want me to act? What does He want me to say?" It's a yearning for the heart and mind of God. So when you're doing those things, the more like the more like Jesus you are. The obviously the more you're going to be obeying his commands four is the fourth standard is god's opinion is the only opinion that matters so whatever everybody else thinks about us doesn't make any difference as long as we are really truly obeying what god has commanded us to do so the obedient person you you might seek out counsel of godly people but I mean, obviously, I do. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people, my friends and elders, brothers and sisters that I love that I know I can go to and say, hey, here's what's going on in my life. And um, I mean, I do this all the time with people. Tim Rice, a great option. So these people I know are really grounded in their faith and I'm going to go to them and ask them things. But so you you can do that seek wise counsel that's you're supposed to but we do not act on human consensus so we do what god requires even if all counsel is against god's command so if it goes against god's word then it's not really it can it can't be true it can't be right so god's opinion is the only opinion that matters i say that cuz i don't want people to trick themselves i think some people will try to um manipulate that and think and try to get their own way and then say that that's what that's what god wanted i mean i think we got to be real careful about that Uh, the fifth standard is a willingness to accept consequences of obedience so you know there could come a time where our obedience to what the word says costs us our job that could that might happen well what are you going to do? I mean, we need to be we need to prepare right now spiritually to to know the answer to that question. And uh the I mean, you know, for us, I'm hoping that we're building a spiritually strong community that we're not going to change what God says based off of finances. I mean, so we got to be ready, you know. Jesus taught in Matthew 5:10, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Romans 14:7 through 8 says, For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live in the Lord, and if we die, we die in the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Romans 14:7 through 8. Doesn't matter whether we are alive, whether we die, it doesn't make any difference. We're the Lord's. So why would we why would we uh cheapen or water down our faith for for other people i mean we're not going to do that so so all right um the, the i i think i said the last thing the last time but uh the next thing we so i apologize for that but the next thing is the rewards of obedience the rewards of obedience so what what does that mean what do you think we get well, first of all, consequences of, of obedience are not always going to be positive. We kind of discussed this a little bit. We will most certainly all suffer to, to some degree here on earth. Um, but the, in the book and just some of the things we discussed last night in home group are the rewards that we get is, one, a growing faith. So, I mean, an obedient person sees God's faithfulness in action and grows in faith as a result. And you know that's why I love being a Christian is because I can look around and when I'm uh, and I can just see the effects of Christ everywhere, and um, and it only increases my faith. Uh, blessings, God does bestow His blessings upon those who are obedient. Not only spiritual blessings, but they potentially financial blessings, material and relational blessings. <coughs> Pardon me. Now. Obviously, I'm not preaching a, you know, a wealth gospel here. If you become a Christian, you're going to be a multimillionaire. I don't believe that's the case at all. But I do think that the Bible says if you're faithful with a the little, then you can be faithful with a lot. And so, um, I do believe that there's potential for. I mean, I I know a lot of people who I feel like God has blessed financially and and with material things. And but the but that's not a bad thing, but we have to acknowledge that and give credit. Like give credit where credit is due and just know that you know we came into this world with nothing and we could potentially leave with nothing. and that's still okay because the reward of eternal life is more significant than anything else. Um, so in the, the third reward is an enlarged view of God. So an obedient person moves into a more intimate relationship with God. We talked about that a little bit earlier. I mean, if you're in a more intimate relationship with God, you're going to have a lot bigger view of, of who God is. a greater So for a greater effectiveness in witnessing. Others around us will see our obedience. Family members, friends, co-workers, fellow church members, lost souls, and they will be affected by our steadfast faithfulness in God's command. I and mean, that's how the Bible spread in the first place. I mean, the disciples... They all, but one, died, I believe anyways, di- got martyred for, uh, for believing in Christ. I mean, so when you start seeing people be willing to get hung on a cross upside down, well, you start to think, this probably is real. If this wasn't real, these people wouldn't be doing these things. So it... <clears throat> So when they see this obedience to Christ, you can start to see the gospel really spread and and really, if Christians would just take the two love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul mind strength, and love your neighbor as yourself if we would just start there, we could probably start we'd probably start a revival in our country uh, but a lot of us and me myself included at at a lot of times are not doing a great job of even loving our neighbor so so we gotta. If we do, we will have the reward of a greater effectiveness in witnessing, and fifth is the greater ability to discern the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And um, so, what that means to me, I had an experience like this this last week, and I just felt like it wasn't right, and I felt like I felt like some things were going on that just didn't seem correct to me. And in my past, I probably would have bought into Satan's lies. Um, easier and quicker. And this time I was just like, I don't think that that's right. And I don't think that that's, that's, that that's accurate. And I'm not going to react negatively. I want to find the truth out before I react negatively and then come to find out it was nothing anyways. And, and afterwards I was like, man, I felt so much better about the spirit being involved in my decision-making and just being involved and walking with me every day. So, um let's see here last thing is uh obedience is truly the bottom line for all spiritual disciplines so i said earlier at the very beginning you're going to learn what the most important spiritual discipline is today it's obedience everything else that we do and this is straight from the book that builds spiritual discipline is established on a foundation of obedience we pray for example in obedience to god's command to pray We read God's scripture because we desire to know God's statutes and obey them, and also because we are commanded to study the word. Our quest to know the Lord is rooted in obedience at all times. Obedience is not the ultimate motivation for spiritual discipline. A love for God, a longing to know Him, and faith in Him are true motives for the mature believer. But obedience is required if we are to grow spiritually and experience more and more of god's love second corinthians ten three through 4 for though we walk in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in god for pulling down strongholds i mean i think that's so great i mean everything that we do all of the other spiritual disciplines are going to be are going to happen because we decided to obey what was written in the word. So that's um we have a little thing at the end that says today and tomorrow. Today the Lord wants me to develop obedience above all other disciplines, and tomorrow this week I will ask the Lord to show me areas of my life where I need to obey him more. So both of those are good prayers to pray. So that concludes uh chapter 2 of practicing basic spiritual disciplines um hope you guys enjoyed the podcast i'm i uh you know really we're just talking about the word and and trying to do the best we can at preaching the word so i would have now it's on apple podcast it's on uh well about every place i guess that you can that you can get a podcast but i do appreciate it you know i'll post it on a link on facebook and i do appreciate the share and if it ends up if it ends up reaching more people and helping them to become more obedient to the word, then uh, all glory be to God, you know? So, um, again, hit me up if you, uh, have any ideas of things that, that we could do better, that I could do better. Uh, I think I might do a, uh, I, once I'm finished with 75 hard, I'll probably do it just a podcast about the program. So if you're interested in that, let me know. And, uh, I'm going to also try to branch out a little bit and, have Travis Turner help me out with some audio To maybe have some guests I know some of my youth boys That we teach, that Perry and I teach on Wednesday nights uh, Asked about being special guests And so I uh, I would like, hopefully <coughs> To have um, some of the, high, the Caney High School boys that we know or, And even some of the Coffeyville High School boys that I know Maybe be on the podcast And just talk a little bit about Uh, what it's like to be a christian in the schools right now so heath ellis jackson griffin and um, i know they brought that up to me so hopefully there would be some other boys in the home group that would want to to be on here and if that's something you guys are interested in hearing then hopefully we'll be able to to make that happen and obviously there's other guest speakers that i'd like to get on here so um when we can make that happen then we'll definitely take the opportunity to. So appreciate whoever stuck around this long. If you uh, need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. If you have any prayer requests, shoot in my direction. Me and my home group will definitely pray for them. So love you guys. Hope you have a good day.